Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Good morning. There's still some uh, some parents out taking their kids, right? Good morning, good morning. My name is Angel Juarez. I'm one of the pastors here at Dayspring Church, and I want to welcome you. Our uh, campus pastor, Nestor, is out today. So you're stuck with me for about an hour. <laughs> but I'm known as one of the shorter preachers of this church, so you're in good hands. Uh, thank you to everyone who's connecting with us online. When you walked in, you should have received a bulletin, and inside of that bulletin is an outline where you can follow me along. But before we start, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we, we love you. We thank you. We want to we offer our sacrifices to you, Lord. We come with our families, we come with our friends to receive more of you, to learn more from your word, Father, so that we may be changed, so that we may be impacted, Lord. As we talk about your anointing, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit may anoint us, Father, may anoint our marriages, may anoint our families, Father, may anoint our jobs. And Lord, that your anointing may change our hearts, Father, to become more and more like you. If we walked in here desperate for a need of your touch, Father, may you meet us where we're at, Father. May you offer us your peace, your mercy, your grace. And Lord, more than anything, we thank you that we get to gather together to worship your name. And we all pray this in whose name? Amen. Amen. So last week we started a series uh, called Fresh Anointing. And the series is, you know, where we take a topic and talk about it for for a few weeks, usually six. But this time around, uh, our senior pastor has decided that there really is no end date for this series. Uh, if you didn't know, a few months ago, Pastor Nestor went away for, what was it, like two months, and he was covering for our senior pastor. If you don't know how our church functions, I encourage you to take uh, Dayspring 101, Discovering Dayspring 101. We teach it all there, but pretty much uh, we, we work uh, with our senior pastor who is in charge of our church, and uh, he is in charge of the direction that we go, but basically he has decided that we are not going to put an end date to this series because it is, it is something that he believes in that during his sabbatical he prayed that, that we really need, that we need a fresh anointing of God. That we need a new and powerful movement in our lives, as well as in the life of the church. Because this past few years, at least since we've been alive, has been one of the most difficult, difficult times in our lives corporately. As a church, as a, as a nation, as neighborhoods, we've gone through a pandemic. The housing market is a mess. I, was, uh, I don't know why I, I go on Trulia and look at million-dollar houses here with like 20 bucks in my bank account, but I am believing that one day I'm going to get there. But the housing market is, is a mess. Gas prices, I, 
My wife is like, you just put gas. I'm like, I know. I don't understand. And, and the saddest part of all is throughout all of this, church attendance, not just in our church, but throughout all churches in America, has dramatically declined. Church attendance has gone down. And so we desperately need God's anointing, especially because most of the decisions that we have been making come from internal battles that we have, come from within us. You know, I was uh, on social media the other day and kind of something popped into my head, but could you guess how many posts are posted on Instagram every day? Anyone? How many? A million? Billions? That's a lot. Anyone else? 250 million photos are posted on Instagram every day. And do you want to know the most used hashtag? Selfie. Out of the 250 million photos, the number one used hashtag is selfie. You would think that we're quite obsessed with ourselves, right? But the reality is that we're obsessed with other people and their validation of us. We're obsessed with their likes, with their comments, with their follows. See, we try our best to look our best because we think that visibility means significance. We think that visibility means that we are significant. See, at my current job, we work with a lot of uh, influencers, and they're just pretty much people who have a ton of followers, and we pay them money to show our clothes. Um, and they make a lot of money. I was like, I got in the wrong business. Uh, but we, look with a, we work with a lot of influencers. We work with, with photographers, with videographers, with uh, designers. And in the social media world, in influence, and even in music, we use a term called discovered. And this term discovered uh, means that when someone with influence or someone, you know, who writes checks or, or, or has a business discovers your talent, discovers uh, it, your gift. And see, the need, the need to be discovered, the need to be noticed, to be recognized, it's, it's what drives most of America's youth. And in fact, it drives most of us. Maybe not at the scale of, of thousands or millions, but many of us simply want to be recognized by our parents or by your spouse or by your circle of friends. And see, what this has done is that it has taken our focus from who we are inside to what we can do. How much money can I make? How big of a house can I buy? How many shoes can I own? How well can I sing? How well can I play an instrument? See, because we think that we need to be discovered when in reality we need to be anointed. Amen. See, your gifts and your accomplishments can only take you so far. Right. See, because a gift, a gift will fill a room. A gift will make people clap. A gift will give you lots of likes, but it is only the anointing that will break chains. It is only the anointing that will break bondages. 
And see, for too long, the church has been entertained through gifts, but has not been changed through anointing. See, we come to church to feel the goosebumps. We come to church to shed a few tears. We come to church to have an inspiring quote that we can share with others on social media. But we don't come to church to be changed. Because change hurts. Change is difficult. And see, as, as important as these things are, you know, and, and if you're new here, we always give the opportunity every Sunday after every message to allow you and give you the opportunity to raise your hand and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. But I got to tell you that that is just the first step. That is just the first step. I still remember when my dad raised his hand. And uh, if you don't know, like my dad and I, we were not cool for a very long time. We didn't talk for a very long time. And and one day he just popped out uh, to church, you know, and and I so happened to be preaching. And and I gave the, the altar call and he raised his hand. And so many people that knew our story came to me and said, how do you feel? How do you feel? And I told them, I gotta be honest with you. I don't feel any different. I'll start feeling happy and excited and proud when he starts to make those daily decisions that actually change his life. Because that's where the anointing happens. That's where change happens. It was a good day to be at church today. See, what will break your addictions, what will heal your relationships, what will give you purpose is his anointing. The daily decision that we have to make. And so we have to take responsibility to allow God to work in us. See, too many people with a microphone, too many people with a voice or a platform have led people to themselves. When in reality, we should be leading them to Christ. Because if you ever make the wrong turn, they won't follow you. They'll follow Christ. And see, that's a big problem in corporate church. Or we follow a worship team when really we should be following Jesus Christ. Because people are imperfect. People are imperfect. I I remember when I first started coming to church and I had Pastor Pastor Nestor on on this pedestal. And and in fact, I've shared this story before, but I I held Pastor Frank, our senior pastor, who I talked about at the beginning, at a much higher uh, platform. And I remember once we went to um, uh, Panda Express. And you know at Panda, at at the end of the line, they always ask you, oh, would you like to donate to to Children's Hospital? No, you want to cap it out at, at, a, at a 20, you know, whatever. And, and I remember being with him, with Pastor Frank, and he, he was like, no, no thanks. And I was like, <gasps> I was like, but the children. And see, if we put our hope, our dreams, our faith in a person, and when they make a wrong turn, we end up leaving the church. But see, we don't come here for a, for a person here. We don't come here for Pastor Nestor or Pastor Frank or myself or any other leader. We come here for Jesus Christ. What a raw, yeah, come on, we gotta get the... (laughs) 
And us following Jesus Christ is only possible through his anointing. Okay, that's my intro. I'm going to start preaching now. So, <laughs> if, uh, if you can turn to your outlines, uh, it'll be also on the screens. But Psalm 9210 says, But my horn you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointing, anointed with fresh oil. Why is it that we need a fresh anointing? And you can fill this out in your outline is first because the anointing restores you. The anointing restores you. See, oil, it tends to spoil. It tends to wear out and it becomes rancid. If it's not renewed, it actually loses its value. And God in his scripture has promised to not only care for us, but to renew us as well through his anointing. Look at John 10, 11. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. And Psalm 23, 1, 5, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows see metaphorically if we are not restored if we are not renewed then we will spoil and wear out and see that is where we're burnout where moral failure and where even apostasy happens and apostasy is when someone leaves the faith or or leaves church see because the christian walk isn't something that you do once a year at a conference It's not something that you do once a month when we call you up here for prayer. It's not even once a week that you do on Sundays. The Christian walk is something that we have to do every single day. And we have to be renewed in our walk with Christ because everything in this world is set out to sway you away from the Christian walk. He has to be our shepherd, not our genie, not some distant force, not good vibes. God has to be our shepherd so that he can renew us through his anointing. And what's amazing is that his anointing takes care of our past. It takes care of our present and it takes care of our future. And I want to illustrate this through, through, through three points how the anointing takes care of our past, present, and future. So why does the Lord anoint us? You can fill this out. Is first, he anoints us to heal us. The Lord anoints us to heal us. So this is the anointing's work in our past. See, sheep, at least back then, not about today, but sheep back then, they were often injured. A lot. Uh, They were cut with thorns. They were scraped with sharp stones. They weren't very bright, right? And so the shepherd, what he would do is he would spread oil on the wounds to heal them. And that oil acted as a healing bomb, and the oil would heal those wounds. See, God does the same with us. 
See, because the world is full of thorns. It's full of sharp stones. This world will hurt you. Look at John 16, it says, in this world, you will have trouble. See, we, um, at my job, and it, I don't, I'm not saying it's okay, but this is how the bosses do it. But in, in my job, the people who work at the warehouse, a lot of them are immigrants. And they don't have documentation. So recently, we lost one of our house, you know, our workers. And so, you know, I told my boss, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll put a... I'll put a, a listing on Indeed or, or ZipRecruiter. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'll go find one right now. I said, where are you going to go? Uh, and so he goes, and then he comes back with someone. Um, and I, I was like, so where, where did you go? He said, I went to Home Depot. I picked him up, and he was looking for a job, right? And so after that, I started to get to know my, my new coworker. And um, his story just breaks my heart. And I asked him, how long have you been here? And he said, I've been here two weeks. And, I, and you know, the, the more days that I, I get to be with him, I ask him more and more questions. And um, it turns out that he had a fine life. He's from Guatemala. He had a fine life in Guatemala. He said, we had a house. We had dogs. And he has a wife, a kid. His parents lived with him. He had a fine job. But he said that his dad got sick. His dad got sick, and uh, the, the, the hospital bill, they had to take out a loan so big that they had to sell their house to even pay the down payment. And so he lost his job. He couldn't keep up with any of the payments. He, had he made the decision to come to America to make more money to send to his family. And when he told me that he left his wife and his kid, like I couldn't help but to cry because I have a wife and I have a kid. And I can't ever believe or, or even picture to be in a position where I have to go to another country without them for who knows for how long just to make ends meet. And after that conversation, I got home and, and I, I hugged my wife and I hugged my kid and I thank God because I was like, there are people out there who have it much tougher than we do that we are blessed to have a home, that we are blessed to have a job, that we are blessed to have the people around you. That's why I always say, like, you know, everyone has a story. Everyone is going through something. The world is full of thorns and sharp stones. The world is difficult. There is not one person in this room who can say, I have a perfect past. I have a pain-free past. Because it's difficult. But see, the amazing thing is that God has created a way for us to heal from our past. But we have to first admit that we need help. We have to first admit that we need help. Look at James 5.14. It says, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and to anoint them with oil in the name of of the Lord. Notice how the elders wouldn't have known if this person is sick if they didn't say anything. This is both physical and emotional. If you are sick in your body or if you have been damaged in your past, you have to be willing to admit that you need help. Not, to, not so much to other people, but to ourselves. See, we convince ourselves that we don't need anyone. That we can do it on our own. 
that we are good enough without help, that we are strong, that we are good, that we are gifted. But see, God doesn't want to use gifted people. He wants to use restored people. God doesn't want to use the talented. God wants to use the forgiven. Because it's only restored people who truly know what it feels like to be in the other person's shoes whom we are supposed to love. See, only someone who has lost a close loved one can really be in that other person's shoes who has lost a loved one. See, only someone who has struggled with an addiction can really be in a person's shoes who has struggled with an addiction. See, only someone who has gone through a divorce can really be in another person's who's going through another divorce. So let me tell you something right now. Don't discount your story. Because your story has power. And through the anointing and through God's strength and courage, God can use your story to change someone else's life. So don't discount your story. Don't say, I've done too much. I, 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 there's no going back. I should just keep going. No, no. You have a testimony. You have a story to tell. God does not use talented people. God uses broken people. Because those who are talented can become prideful, but those who know are broken are humble. Second, the Lord anoints us to give us peace. To give us peace. This is the uh, anointing's work right now in the present. So back to the sheep, the not so bright sheep. Uh, Many times the sheep's injuries were only really the beginning. Most of the time the shepherd couldn't uh, catch all of the injuries because there's just so many sheep. And after a while, if those injuries weren't attended to, then flies would come on those open wounds on the sheep and well, eventually they'd make their nests in the cuts and maggots would be born. And what, would this, what this would do is it would cause immense, immense irritation on the sheep to the point that they would bang their heads on stones to try to make the pain go away. The torture was so bad that it consumed their life. See, the longer, the longer that you prolong God from being Lord in your life, the more likely that problems are going to accumulate. And this is a problem with sin. See, because there might be some of you who have already dealt with your past, but you continue to live in today's sin. Let me give you some examples. See, you might have forgiven your parents for the life that you had, but you still turn to substance to numb your pain. See, you might have forgiven that person who touched or abused you, but you still watch porn. See, you might have forgiven that person who hurt you, but you still gossip. You might have forgiven your partner for cheating, uh, but you're still feel, filled with jealousy. See, you dealt with yesterday's pain, but you haven't addressed today's sin. And the thing about sin is that the more that it grows the more that it becomes a nuisance 
to the point that we're banging our head just to find relief. See, seeing one person naked on the internet might not affect you much, but every day, and it becomes a disease. See, having one beer might not be a big deal, but every day, and it destroys your health. See, talking to that one cute co-worker once might not turn into anything, but every day, and it destroys your marriage. See, we are tormented by the daily decisions that we make that push us away from God. And so we lack peace. And living without peace is brutal. It is, it's terrible. See, you can't, you can't have peace when you're having an affair. You can't have peace when you're hiding an addiction. You can't have peace when you're jealous and envious of the person next to you. You can't have peace when you're running away from God. See, we were talking with my in-laws not too long ago, and we mentioned, like, man, I don't know how people can have affairs. Like, that takes a lot of effort, man. Like, I would not be able to sleep at night. Like, I got to hide my bank account statements, and I don't know what else. And, and it, it eats away inside of you. With an addiction, when you're trying to hide something like that, it eats away at your soul. Because you're trying to hide the sin and the sin just continues to grow. But this is where the good shepherd comes in. See, the shepherd would bring his oil and would anoint the sheep. And that oil would give relief and peace. And it would get rid of the worms and heal the wounds. See, the good shepherd wants to do the same with us. He wants to ease our torment. Through anointing. Look at what Hebrews 1.9 says. It says, you have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Let me just tell you something. You don't have to continue doing that thing that you don't have, that God doesn't want you to do. See, we get to a point where we're so deep into this that we begin to justify it. And not only that, we begin to believe the enemy's lie that there's just no way out. That I'm already too far, too deep into it. But that's a lie. No matter where you're at, no matter how deep you are into it, that God's anointing is available for you here today. That God's anointing is available to break your bondages, to free you from that thing that torments your soul. See, we might have dealt with yesterday's pain, but we continue to live in today's torment. And third, the Lord anoints us to protect us. The Lord anoints us to protect us. This anointing's work is in the future. The shepherd regularly anointed the sheep with fresh oil to protect them from flies, 
See, the flies wouldn't go on the sheep if it had oil. And the good shepherd also protects us. Look at Psalm 91, 9 through 10. It says, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. And if you were wondering where you can find the anointing, it's right here in the house of God. And we see this most clearly in Genesis. It says, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place, Bethel. Notice what Jacob says. He says, this is the house of God, the gate of heaven. See, God's house is where heaven and earth meet. See, we know that we can meet God anywhere, but we also know the reality that something special happens in this place. That something amazing happens in God's presence. And we have to learn to sit and dwell and bask in this presence. See, because if the only thing that you rely on on your future is your gifts, you will wonder why you continue to reach for the bottle or the pills or that other person's bed every night. See, but God has an incredible future for each and one of one of you. One with peace, one with purpose, one with provision. But the, the thing is that we all want it right now, right? Yeah. I want it now. Can't finish for the microwave to finish. I want it now. <laughs> See, if we look at the life of King David, King David was anointed at 17 but he wasn't actually king until 37. He was anointed at 17, but appointed at 37. See, most of us want the anointing and appointment right now, but that's not how it works. But that doesn't mean that the appointment will never come. We have to learn to first love and appreciate his presence before we receive the blessings that come from it. I'm still in that season with you. I still remember vividly. It was like at a camp and I was 17 years old and, and, and the pastor came and anointed me and said, son, you know, how they talk about you're going to be a pastor. And it's been over 10 years. And uh, my wife, more than anyone, has had a seat row and how you know how do I I get these feelings inside of me and I tell her I'm just gonna do another <laughs> or if, if it's not that I'm like you know what I'm, I'm just gonna change my career I've done that so many times I want to do this I want to do that everyone went through the cop phase you know I want to be a cop <laughs> so we didn't know what else to do 
And see, God made a promise, and we, we have been immensely blessed. We've been interim pastors. We were pillar pastors here. But I know that one day his appointment will come. And we are just serving faithfully and believing that God will come through on his promises. Because he always does. He always does. But see, the temptation to forget, to ignore, or to reject God's calling is always creeping at our door. We always want to try to give up. But see, that's why we need God's protection from the things that will rob us from our future. See, God's anointing is available for you today. I believe that God has made some incredible in this room. That God has promised you an amazing future, an amazing career, an amazing marriage, an amazing family. Come on, somebody, isn't, isn't that why we come here? We don't have to get all holy and holier than thou. We come here to have a better life, and we know that we can get a better life through Christ. It's not the world, it's not Hollywood. It's not parties and drugs and alcohol and women and men. It's Jesus Christ. So we're here. We say, God, you made that promise to me when I was just a little girl, when I was just a little boy, and I am stepping in that promise today. I am believing that you will come through. And so God is offering his anointing to you. Because it is his anointing that allows us to overcome those mountains that are set before every day. I know I've been in that situation where after an amazing Sunday, after an amazing conference, after we, we go away on, on vacation, we have to come back to reality. We have to come back to that same job. We have to come back to those same problems. But God is offering freedom. God is offering freedom from all of them through his anointing. And so if you're here, maybe you're sick. Maybe the doctor gave you bad news. Maybe, maybe your marriage is not doing so well. And you're ready to throw in the towel. Maybe you look at your kids and you're like... I've tried everything. Maybe you've tried job after job, career after your career, and it's just not enough for the bills. I want to ask you to come. I want to ask you to come and be anointed. Because we all need a touch of God. We all need help. We all need his presence. We all need his power in our lives. And it is an amazing thing that we can seek that today together. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. 
He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you. Transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.